Hello and welcome to Leadership Game Changers, conversations with heart and humor. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Michelle Kempton. This is a podcast designed to inspire and edutain, that is educate and entertain. My goal with this podcast is to help us all create a more human and heart-centric future. My guests are inspiring people from all over the world. We get to hear their stories, discover their routines and secrets to success, their failures and what they've learned from them, and hot tips on what behavior skills and attitudes make them game changers. This podcast is about leadership, but not in terms of titles or positions. I know leadership means different things to different people out there in the world. What my guests all have in common is that they know who they are. They know what's important to them. They're driven by a sense of purpose and they lead from the heart. And most importantly, they strive courageously to change the game in their corner of the world. These are just all people who have inspired me, who have come into my path at some point or another and they've left an impression. They've lit me up or I see they light the world up. This first podcast was recorded on February 23rd, 2021. My guest is an amazing leader. His name is Kai Shikowski. He's the youngest general manager in the history of Kempinski Hotels. He's won several awards for the hotels he's managed. In fact, he has just won the World Culinary Award for Lithuania's Best Hotel Restaurant in 2021. I met Kai in 2018. He was a participant on one of my leadership programs. He is a star. He stood out. He's one of the most positive and energetic leaders I have ever met. He's just off the charts with his emotional and social intelligence. He's a sharp dresser and a great dancer. He's the first one you're going to notice in a room. If you stick around till the end of the podcast, you'll see just how good a dancer he is. <laughs> we got a su surprise for you at the end. In this conversation, we talk about everything from building a good vibe culture to how to help others succeed and the importance of delayed gratification so many more things. There's so much packed into this, this podcast, you won't believe it. He shares a lot of his secrets to his phenomenal success. So without further ado, let's meet Kai. Okay. Good morning, Kai. Welcome. Good morning, Michelle. Good to be with you. So happy to have you here. So uh, tell me, what's one word that captures how you feel right now? I would say energized and optimistic. So that's two words, but that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> Okay, great. So let's let's dive right in. So my my first question is, what's one thing you had you wish you would have known when you started your career? Definitely, I think uh, obviously the longer you go in your career, you learn with 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 every new experience. But I think one thing that would have been good to really know and live by from the beginning uh, is the fact that your 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 network is your net worth in a way, right? There's the saying, and I think that's so true. Um, because when I started my career, I was really priding myself in, in, in the good grades I got at school. And I was so keen to show to my first employer, you know, all the good grades I had and what I've done, my extracurricular activities. Guess what? Nobody asked me for that, right? Obviously, they, you need to have a certain certification and certain results. But really, it's so important who you know and also who knows you. So, you know, really put yourself out there. Utilize the amazing tools of social media, LinkedIn, such a powerful uh, employee, employee branding tool. So really, and, and network, you know, make connections, reach out to people. I think that's so powerful and can open really doors for your career uh, later down the, the, the road, so to say. Yeah, what would you say when you were networking really stood out to people? That, that captivated them or, or sparked interest uh, in you? 
Sure. I think it's too many people that I see, they're often talking about how great they are and bragging about their achievements and so on. But it's, it's, it's often you have to look on the other side of the equation, because if you want to connect with general managers, CEOs, you know, they're being you know, approached, uh, you know, hundreds of times on LinkedIn, you know, for, from people who want to work with them. So rather than saying, you know, what you want and what you're looking for, say what you can offer, you know, the added value, what you can bring to the table. You know, everybody wants to have a nice paying job and, you know, all the perks that come with it. But what can you do that others can't? What sets you apart? What makes you unique? And what can you bring to the table and your added value? So I think that's very important. And by doing this, uh, rather than a hard sale, people naturally, you know, want to surround yourself with you. And again, we'll talk about this more later on, but positive a vibe, a energy, that's somebody you want to connect with rather than, you know, somebody says, you know, uh, starts complaining about the experience they had maybe in your hotel or in your brand that didn't work out. Well, if I hear that as a first introduction, naturally, I'm already not particularly drawn to the person. Really added value and be positive and kind to the person. Yeah, so let's talk about added value and, and kindness because I have been to your hotel. I've told you that it's one of my, the best experiences in a hotel that I have ever had. Talk about good vibes. Tell me, how how do you do it? How do you create such good vibes in your hotel? Well, thanks very much. It's uh, nice to hear always. Uh, that's obviously always strive to do, so great to hear that. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have the, the one recipe I can give you to create, but I think, it you know, as the saying goes, fish smells from the head, right? So it always starts with the leaders of the organization. So that's myself, my managers. You know, if we start the day uh, being grumpy and not greeting our employees, I cannot expect them to be nice to our guests, right? So, but on the on the flip side, if I'm, you know, generally starting the day energized, being kind, asking how they are, you know, really having conversation and caring for them, you know, they pay that forward to their, to our guests, right? So, so it starts with us by leading by example. And, and, you know, we start every morning with the morning briefing with managers, where I really kind of put them into a positive mindset. It's not starts by yelling or shouting, but rather, you know, what we can focus, even if there was a complaint, look how we can deal it in a fun way, uh, crack a little joke or something that people really leave the meeting, you know, happy, energized, and again, they will then meet with their teams and do the same. That's the idea. So I, I think these kind of points together trickle down and build a sort of, it's about the culture, right? It's not about one action and one funny meeting that you do, but really building a culture of trust, openness, uh, you know, being a little bit thinking outside of the box, you know, mistakes happen, fine, uh, let's deal with it. Rather than punishing you, let's learn from it. So I think often people get so bogged down on negativity and, you know, who done brought wrong, uh, but, you know, Obviously, these things need to be investigated, but really build a culture of positivity, trust, and a little bit of fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. And as you're doing this, I get this sort of ripple effect that everything ripples 100%. out. And the leader always is a little bit more contagious than everyone else. That's that's yeah. correct. I, I, I like the word contagious also, though I've been told during these times it's probably not the best word to use, but I, I still like it. Positive and contagious. Right. right. So. Kyla, this in mind, you know, how do you look after your own well-being and your own vibes in order to be that leader in the morning for your teams? 100%. I think that's a really valid point. And, and that's what I always say when people say, what are your values, etc. Like my number one value, even ahead of family, is my own health. And with that comes energy, because if I'm not healthy, if I'm not energized, I cannot be there for my family, for my girlfriend, for my uh, employees. Uh, so it really starts with me being in, 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 in a strong health 
And then at the same time, there's the physical aspect, but then as you alluded to the mental part, right? How do you keep a positive energy in times of you know tough times we're all going through? And really in the hospitality industry, we've been, as you know, extremely badly affected. Uh, so how do you keep your you know head up high and, and, and lead by example? So uh, various ways, um, you, know, I, uh, you know, I like very much uh, exercising that kind of uh, ex empties my head and kind of puts me into a positive uh, mindset. I like to read inspiring books. Um, podcast, the one we're doing right now, but I love to listen. I'm an avid listener of, of various podcasts from various industries uh, to kind of, you know, learn new things. I always like to emulate successful people and learn from them. You know, what, what made them successful? What are their daily habits? You know, what can I learn from them? And that kind of brings me joy because I can see you know, there's more for me to learn and grow. And that kind of puts me into a positive mindset, which I can then, uh, again, bring to my workplace and, and, and share with my employees. Fantastic. You know, I, I would love to hear a little bit about your routines or rituals, because I know you're at the hotel and you're, you're, you're running a five-star hotel. Where do you find time to fit in these routines that look after your well-being? Definitely. I think, of course, these times we're in right now, they're a little bit different than it used to be. Again, hotels are not anymore as, as fully booked as they were. But nevertheless, even when they were fully booked, uh, I would always make that a priority uh, to get enough sleep, to get enough rest. I think it's so important. Again, I always say that my, my waiters, my front office people, they probably physically work so much harder than me. So I have the utmost respect for them. Uh, but again, my job is not to just be hands and, and, and serve food, which you know, of course we also do and help out when needed, but to bring vision, ideas, creativity, you know, good vibes. And, and I cannot do that if I'm not you know, energized and in a good mood. So for me to take the time and switch off, change the location, go into the woods for a long walk, um, again, as I said, daily exercise. It doesn't matter how tired I am. I really believe that motion creates emotion. So if I don't move, uh, you know, I, I, I just get into a very uh, calm and, 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 and mellow mood and, and energy level. So even when I'm, you know, I try not to stay longer than two hours behind the computer, and then I would force myself to go for a long walk around the hotel, meet the people, uh, uh, even do push-ups in my office, you know, just to kind of uh, uh, get that energy. Um, and, and that helps me to stay positive. Again, in the evenings when I come back, uh, rather than binging two hours on Netflix, uh, I'll try to um, obviously catch up with my girlfriend of, of how things have been going, really take time uh, aside for that listen to podcasts again there's so many opportunities driving to work uh, you know when i brush my teeth when i'm under the shower when i shave myself i mean that time alone comes to almost half an hour to one hour in a day right there's always time for that and i just pop in my uh, headphones and listen to some inspiring interviews etc so again these are knowledge nuggets which part of them i can use for my own uh, life and uh, work and, and that's fantastic so can you share a, a, a moment in, in which you failed at this, at managing energy, um, either with your team or, or for yourself and, and how you, what you learned from it? Yeah, in terms of energy, again, I mean, maybe in the beginning, I, I, when I was in Dubai, probably, or when it was my first time, you know, becoming a general manager, you know, you wanted to really, and I was uh, obviously very young at the time, uh, and all my direct reports were 
at least double my age. So I wanted to really, uh, you know, rather than through experience, impress them by sheer, uh, uh, you know, time spent on, on the floor, so to say. So I probably, you know, easily did seven days a week, uh, you know, 12, 13 hours without any off. And, and it's, 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 it's fine for a while, but again, after a while, we're all human beings, right? I'm not here to, 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 to execute physical uh, service, but again, my role as an executive leader of the hotel is to bring that creative input and the vision. And you can't have that if you permanently in the same environment, saying the same old thing, you know, seven days a week for 12, 13 hours. It just doesn't work. So I realized there, and, and I was really feeling that I was uh, lacking innovation and, and, and bringing something new to the table. And I felt, you know, when I took some time to reflect, I said, I'm not living up to my expectation what people expect from me because I'm the leader. I should come up with new ideas and foster creativity. But if I'm just, you know, helping the guys out on the floor, I mean, they may appreciate it in a moment, um, but that's not what I'm paid for, you know? Uh, and, and, and that was a time of reflection where I said, no, I need to step away. Even sometimes you feel bad about it because you know, on a busy evening when the hotel is restaurant and, and is busy and you step aside, but you have to understand you have a different role. You are also there in times when they are not here and you, you do different things. You're dealing with different uh, responsibilities. And I think it's very important to, to make that distinction and take your time to reflect and, and re-energize. Yeah, yeah, especially now, right? Because we really have to be creative in in the middle of this pandemic. So tell me a little bit, or maybe give some tips about how to innovate and be creative uh, during these times. Definitely. I, you know, I, 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 I think one good decision uh, was to stop reading so much news. I mean, in the beginning, I think when it all happened, we were over-obsessing, over permanently refreshing our uh, Twitter feeds and, and news feeds of what's happening, how many cases. And I, I really, again, try to, I try often to self-reflect on, on what am I really doing right now. And I said, listen, I mean, I cannot influence the, the, the development of the pandemic. I cannot change the count of uh, cases. You know, that's, that's beyond my control. It will be what it will be. There is greater people, smarter people dealing with this. So I have to really focus on the things that we, myself, what I can control, and we in the hotel can control. So I think that's already liberating to focus on the things you can control rather than on the ones you can't. And by doing so, we then, you know, start sitting around the table, say, listen, okay, situation is bad. A lot of things we can't do. What can we do? And that's how we came up with new ideas um, of, of introducing new ideas that nobody else thought of, you know. And again, I mean, that's not discussion of the, of the, of the podcast here, but we started, for example, uh, in-room dining for people not having a room. Uh, so you could basically walk into the hotel because restaurants were shut down. So you could come into the hotel, two of you sit in a room without renting the room. You just basically pay for the lunch that you normally do. And, uh, and that's all. In a way, it's nothing revolutionary because in-room dining always existed. But having a small twist of not charging you for the room, just giving you the room, it was absolutely a bestseller. Nobody else did it. Now they all caught on. So the whole city started doing it. But we are ahead of the curve. So again, nothing you know revolutionary, but by you know sitting around the table and rather than getting depressed with these cases and oh my god, the world is ending, we said, okay, it's tough. What can we do? So I think that's super important. And the second thing, I guess, it's again not just sticking with your own industry because. Right now, hospitality, hotel industry is definitely having a, a tough, tough time. 
Okay, so let's look at the industries that are doing well. You know, software, fintech, uh, you know, food delivery companies. What are they doing differently? What can we learn from them in terms of digitalization? You know, they're so far ahead of in terms of you know cloud collaboration with with each other. I mean, we are still 90% emails. I mean, that's crazy. So now, in a way, I'm happy with that uh, difficult times. We really move to much more you know online, uh, better communication with the team. So again. Despite the tough times, learn from other industries what's working and try to implement in your own field. That is brilliant advice. Brilliant. You know, something I remember about your, your, your hotel that I just loved was that moment when you, you gave me honey that you were making on your roof with your own bees. Like, that blew my mind, Kai. You know, you, you have a lot of very unique things that you do at your hotel. 100%. I mean, nice, nice that it's still in your mind. And I think that's what luxury hospitality is all about. I mean, we have to find these small little touch points, right? Because ultimately, we're just a building, right? I mean, at night, it's dark, you sleep, uh, and, and, and that's all. So we are really competing with so many other buildings that can, where you can stay, Airbnbs, right? So what makes us different? Why would you pay, you know, 250 euros a night with us for a room? You know, it's a nice room, but it's a room where most of the time it's dark and you sleep. So what makes us different to, to other hotels, lower start or Airbnbs? And I guess it all comes back to the service and the service experience, right? And, and what is good service? Of course, you expect somebody nice to greet you and, and, and the whole you know, service standards that you expect in the five-star hotel. But I think it's especially these little touch points where we really pride ourselves and you, when you check in, you get a glass of bubbly, you know, which you wouldn't maybe expect in a, in a, in a, in a three-star hotel or an Airbnb. So these are, so, you know, I think it's this experience, these touch points that differentiates us and makes you memorable and sets you apart from other uh, competitors. And again, that can be applied in so many other industries. I mean, the other day uh, I was talking uh, to, to, to a law company and they asked me what they could do to, uh, you know, you know, differentiate themselves by service experience. And uh, I actually went there in person. They invited me to speak there. And I said, well, to be fair, when I was greeted and, and I was waiting to, to enter the room, they offered me coffee and the coffee was quite frankly lousy. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, know you, you, you spend, let's be honest, quite a bit with the lawyer. So you would expect a good coffee, but then most people, they kind of, you know, focus so much on their legal advice rather than the small things around. So have a receptionist or a secretary that greets you really nicely in the morning when I come to your law company and serve an amazing espresso. Already I'm in a different mindset. So when I meet with you, I'm in a different. So I think it's these small touch points that people often underestimate, but that can really go a long way. So let's talk about some, uh, uh, a little thing that was a big thing for me. When I was at your hotel, I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember this. My luggage was lost. And I, yes. I was so touched that you walked me, I don't know, 15 minutes in the evening uh, when surely it was time for you to go home or do something else. You walked me to a store to get clothes. You left me at the door. I'll never forget that. I thought, I cannot believe you, you walked me, you know, quite far. Um, and that was something very impressive, Kai. Uh, that was nice to hear. And uh, again, this, these things come from the heart. I think this is uh, something also when we look for and hire people, we don't hire by CV, but we hire by attitude. And I would say, you know, a person that, that, that wants to work in hospitality, 
has to be hospitable. You know, if you don't, if you're not willing to serve others, I think you're in the wrong industry. There's nothing wrong. I mean, you can be a great programmer or something else, but if you want to succeed in hospitality, you have to be hospitable and willing to serve. And that means things like that. I mean, that's not my job description to walk you there. But A, I love to do this because you're a great person and I love, you know, surprising guests. And also, secondly, again, it goes back to the earlier point, talking about building a culture. So these are the stories. I mean, in this case, it was me, but the same if, if it was done by my receptionist and they do amazing stuff as well that is nowhere to be found in any, any procedure or standard. But by telling these stories publicly when we do our monthly town hall meetings with all employees, it inspires others. They say, wow, A, we're being recognized for that and B, Wow, that's great. I mean, I will have to find something that I can do above and beyond to delight the guests. And then, you know, so again, by, by sharing these stories and telling these stories, you inspire others and you build the culture of exceeding expectation. That's what, we, what we're all about. Yeah, it's like going the extra mile, but because you want to, not, not because you have to. It really Correct. is engagement, right? Engagement uh, from the heart, because that's 100%. what I felt in your hotel. So what What's something you can you can offer in terms of advice when you have an employee who's disengaged or in a bad vibe? How do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I think the first it always starts by by having a one to one and really an open discussion because we had this recently. Sadly, obviously, it happened a lot due to various reasons. You know, I mean, uh, we spoke with one person that used to be really one of our superstars, and all of a sudden, we saw really a drop off in the performance. And uh, so we, we had a chat with the, with the manager and myself and, um, you know, we, 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 we told them what it is and they said, yeah, well, basically I had a person in my family pass away from COVID, which is really unfortunate. Um, but again, it kind of, you know, as bad as it is to hear, but it, 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 it's, it makes the person understandable. They're happy that we approach them because, you know, sometimes they feel uncomfortable to open up about this. And we have a much better understanding because some people would just say, ah, bad performance, let's get rid of the person. But, you know, we understand much better why that happens because, of course, uh, you know, we, we, we're all actors sometimes. We all have bad days, but, you know, you're still going to say, I'm doing great, everything is perfect because that's our job. You know, we have to you know, be happy to the guest. The guest doesn't care if I split up uh, with, with a person I love or not. They pay money, they want to see a happy smile. So we, in a certain way, all actors. But again, at the end of the day, we're all humans. So having understood that, I said, I mean, take all the time you need. Take a few days, uh, take some of your annual leave. We'll manage without you for a while. The person really appreciated. Came back again, taking the time to recharge, to energize, to process such an emotional trauma and came back again, being the superstar uh, they used to be. So uh, that's one, you know, obviously understanding where they come from. And secondly, there's various reasons. Some of them just, uh, you know, they lose track, they lose, lose focus, they kind of all over the show. I see quite often some of them, you know, old generation, they see me being very young, they say, at the interview, I said, well, what do you want to be in five years or 10 years? I want to sit where you sit. I said, well, that's great. You know, I mean, that's what I also want to do where you are. But then, so they're very excited to become general manager or CEO of the company, but they have a different understanding of timeline. So basically they come and after three months, you know, you praise them, they've done a great job and so on. So after three months, they come to your office, so, so where's my promotion? <laughs> and, you know, you say, listen, I mean, it, it doesn't quite work like that. Obviously, I appreciate you're very ambitious and want to grow. That's great. But, you know, you need to kind of prove yourself on a consistent timeline. It's not that you do something great a few times, but again, consistently over time. So I think 
putting people into that mindset and understanding that you know a good career takes time and you have to consistently add value to the organization. That's great, because I did want to ask you, what advice would you give to young people out there who, who want to work, who, you know, who aspire to have a position like yours, um, in addition to what you just said? Yeah. Yeah, so I think, again, it comes back to being very clear on your vision, what you really want, because I think uh, in the times we're living in, it's, you know, our grandparents probably didn't have that problem because there was like two, three options you do, and that's what you do for the next 60 years. I think yeah. it's beauty we're in the times we're living in. You can do anything. I mean, you can become a, a world-famous person dancing on TikTok, right, and, and make a, a great income from that. So there's millions of opportunities out there, but I think once you're very clear on what you want to do, that's great. You want to be general manager, fantastic. You want to be the best sommelier in the world, amazing. You want to be the best waiter in the world, amazing. Not everybody has to be a general manager. I mean, that's that's you know one one of the options. So I would say, you know, be clear. You want to be a generalist. I would consider myself a generalist. Uh, I'm not as expert in one particular field, but I know a little bit of everything. Um, others should be a specialist to know really everything about one thing, right? And I think that's very important to make the distinction and what, not one is better than the others. You need specialists and you need generalists. Important to know what you want. Be ambitious because I see both. I see some are super ambitious, you know, like I said, the person wants to be GM in five years. That's maybe a bit super ambitious, but some are also too modest. You know, they say, ah, you know, I want to be a waiter and then let's see how it goes. So they can be waiter for the next 10 years. Again, nothing wrong with that. But if you want to progress, I think you should set yourself also some challenging goals. And then again, going back to the added value. So how can you do added value as a waiter? Well, by by just going the extra mile. We all have our job, you know, what we do, and that's fine. But again, in case a guest asks for specific cereals that are not on offer in a headed in a hotel, you know, a really particular guest, long-term, long-stay guest, and she always wanted a particular uh, cereal that we couldn't offer. And all the waiters said, we can't. So one waitress said, we don't have right now, but give me a day, I'll arrange it. So she went on her own with her own money. And I mean, the cereal doesn't cost much, but still, I mean, from waiter salary to pay your own for the cereal, bought it and came back and had it for the next two weeks that they stay with us. I mean, I got a long letter from that guest, uh, praised that particular person. So, you know, what happens to me? I mean, we have 20 waitress, so, you know, just by that all small act alone, I have her name. It's in my mind. Already she's on my watch list, right? I say, wow, if she does that consistently over time, and I say, I'm not talking about one month, two months, three months, but she does that six months, one year, two years. Guess what? When it comes to, to the time, moment of promotion, I will think of her rather than, you know, the others who've done a good job, but just a good job. So again, going the extra mile, helping other departments, you know, you, know, on, you see on the weekend they're busy, Sorry, can I help uh, and, and, and help you out? Great, you know? So again, putting yourself out there, offering more than what's asked uh, of you, and over time, uh, you make yourself visible and good things will happen. Yeah, and we're back to the subject of good vibrations because that that is exactly that, right? She's creating good vibrations in that moment, and that, that guest is very likely going to come back over and over again to your hotel because of that moment, 100%. that ex extra mile. 100%. Yeah. Wow. So here's another question uh, for you personally as a leader, you know, like 15, 20 years from now, when you look back on, on this time of your life, what do you think will be most important to you? When I look back in 15 years? Yeah. 15, 20 years, when you look back on this time, what do you think will uh, be most important? Again, I want to, uh, 
I suppose, be known or remembered as somebody who genuinely cared about others and, and you know, didn't take advantage of anybody, but genuinely cared to, to, to help them succeed in their own career. Like for me, it's one of the greatest pleasures when, when I still have to this day, you know, people who I was working or managing with uh, six, seven years ago, who write me uh, today and thanking me that they are where they are because of, you know, one thing I said to them at the time or the opportunity gave them. So, you know, seeing people succeed and having impacted their life, for me, it's really such a rewarding uh, thing, which I'm grateful to be in a position to do that. So I think I want to be known and remembered for some, like an, an, an enabler for other people's career in a way. Uh, again, for spreading good mood, good uh, good moods, good uh, energy, good vibrations. Uh, you know, a positive person. Uh, when they say they hear my name, said, yeah, a person uh, you know I, I want to be a friend with, associated with. And I think that's for me very important. Success is is not about how much money you make. Of course, it's a byproduct. I think if you consistently add value, help people and so on. Naturally, people are you know, willing to pay you and hire you and, and what have you. But I don't think it's a pure product because that would mean that somebody who earned or got lucky in a casino and is a millionaire, he is more successful than somebody, a professor who earns less. So, you know, money is just, it's just an arbitrary number. But I think true success is, is in your own happiness and, 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 and the fact that you can help others. Uh, yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think we're in a, a period of time in which we are all redefining what success really means. Definitely. I, I always say that that uh, I have been a successful mother, for example, if my kids at the end of their lives look back and say I, that they have loved their life, you know, that they've been in love with their life. I think that that's the definition of, of success, being in love with life. Beautiful, exactly. I mean, my grandparents, as I said, I mean, they, you know, they, they, they didn't have so many options. They couldn't travel. They didn't have the access to internet. Um, but I would say they had a successful life. They've been married for 60 years. They're healthy. Uh, they love each other. They live in a nice little house. Um, so, you know, in today's standards, you know, maybe it wouldn't be anything special. But when I look at them and at the time, I think uh, absolutely successful life. So, yes, we sometimes over, uh, you know, focus on these kind of ven vanity metrics, I would say, you know, how many followers, how many cars, uh, you know, and these are just byproducts. This is not how you define success, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Speaking of, of your grandparents and your parents, what's a piece of advice that your parents gave you that's still with you and inspiring you today? Good question. Um, Either one. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say one specific sentence that they say to me. I think it's more, again, the sort of culture they instilled in me. I mean, first of all, they were not really fond of me working in hospitality. I was actually, I really had to fight uh, for, 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 for them to support me in that endeavor. Um, they always said, you know, if everything else fails, you can always end up in hospitality and, and, and carry the plates, right? That was kind of their mentality. Uh, but I guess now they changed their mind and, and they're happy that, that I'll do what I love. Um, but I guess, you know, they, they really instilled in me the culture of, of hard work, of, uh, of uh, do your very best, whatever you pursue, but do your very best. I mean, all my, my granddad, my dad, my mom, they're all entrepreneurs and they all started with nothing. You know, they, 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 they basically came from nothing and built their way up. So again, that hard work mentality and whatever you do, and again, you know, they even said, you know, okay, now you're in hospitality, fine, we accept it, but just do your very best. Like you, whatever career you pursue, even if I would have become a gamer, 
become the best gamer in the world. You know, just push yourself so much harder. And, and, and I think that's beautiful because so many parents I see these days, they kind of pushing their kids, you know, you have to become a doctor or a lawyer, you know, or a pilot. Initially, my mom wanted me to become a pilot or a marine officer because uh, she liked uniforms so much, you know. Um, but I think that's kind of not good advice if you force someone into a specific direction. Give them the white canvas, you know, whatever they want to do with their life, support them, but hold them accountable. So if you want to be whatever it is, but become the best version in that specific field. And I think that really is true of you, because uh, speaking of uniforms, I mean, you do have a uniform. You are a snazzy dresser. I remember when I met you in the first leadership program that I led in, in, in Vienna. We were in Vienna, right? That's true. And I, I remember that my first impression of you was like, wow, he is a good dresser. <laughs> Appreciate it. it <laughs> yeah. The only thing, I think during lockdown, the only thing I got rid of my, my tie. Uh, so I'm hoping that will come back one day. But I guess uh, other than that, I still like to look sharp. I guess that's part of the job. Yeah, yeah. So so in terms of fashion and trends, what, what is a trend you would like to bring back? If you could bring back some fashion trend, what would you bring back? from the past i think yeah in general the 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 pride people take in looking sharp you know i think it's become really a trend to look like a super fashionable and just relaxed uh, style which i understand during lockdown and COVID, when 99 percent of the time spent at home uh, but i guess that kind of cool uh, look from all these uh, Silicon Valley uh, entrepreneurs with only one gray shirt and the jeans. I think it's fine for, for that particular niche. But again, I think in hospitality, we have to remember that, you know, people, they come to a luxurious environment and they pay for a beautiful room, a nice lobby and the decoration. But when you come and you see somebody all scruffy and dandruff on the shoulder and not really nicely ironed, I think it paints a wrong picture and so I think we should really take pride in, in, in the way our appearance because I would say you only have a first uh, there's no second chance for first impression right so and and, and uh, as art, as superficial as it may sound it is true the first time you see somebody you immediately uh, make a judgment and you said the same when you saw me you had an opinion um, so I think it's important um, to really take pride and, and, and try to look as sharp as possible, whatever it may be in your industry. In, in, you can look sharp in yoga clothes. You can look sharp as an artist. You know, just being conscious about the, 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 the power of appearance. I think that's important. Yeah, and if we go back to the subject of con contagion and energy, I know that you brought so much energy to the trainings, you know, both, both trainings that we had together. It had me want to give you more because it, it is contagious you bring more you contribute more in the course it has me want to give you more it 100%. is this kind of beautiful beautiful synergy that happens when exactly. the person brings a hundred percent you kind of feed off each other and uh, and i think uh, when you said before uh, you know what gives me energy on, on the same time uh, you know and that's definitely speaking to people who are energized themselves but if i sit around in the morning briefing uh, you know, I come all hyped up and energized and ready to to, to conquer the, the hotel world. And all my managers are sitting here with long faces and telling me about their problems and why things can't be done. That's going to drain my energy, right? So then I have two options. I mean, obviously, one is to find a way to, 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 to get them to change their mindset and get to positive, uh, you know, energy level and, and outlook on life. Or, and that's obviously less preferred, but sometimes needed thing, you have to change your environment because, you know, if, if I'm the only one bringing that energy and positivity and everybody around me doesn't, it doesn't work. So you have to find 
uh, your, your, your environment, your people you, you work with that, that, that help you to push yourself also further, that challenge me in, in a positive way, right? And like you said, you know, you are you know, definitely one of the most energetic persons I know myself. So whenever I speak with you in the trainings, you know, all of us, we left out and said, wow, I mean, Michelle, she really brings the fire. You know, she always, you always feel good leaving your trainings. And that's amazing. And, and, and I want the same with my people of uh, my circle of influence and circle of, 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 of managers. Yeah, that's, that's so good. It's really how, who you surround yourself with and being aware that we're constantly influencing each other. And a leader needs to be very conscious about how he's influencing or she's influencing the people Definitely. around you. And also knowing how to get away from those energy vampires, right? Those, those people who, who bring you down, who have low vibes and you try first, of course, to raise the energy. Definitely. But if you can't do that, you've got to learn how to step away and take care of yourself. Yeah, and, and just on that point, I mean, I, I obviously give also trainings to our guys here and on, on, on mindset and positivity. And they ask me, no, uh, let's say a waiter. And I say, listen, I mean, at home, you know, maybe they have you know, sick parents at home. So obviously they talk a lot about the, the sickness. Uh, then they have, let's say, some uh, friends from school that are unemployed and started drinking. Uh, so the influence, the, the circle of influence is maybe not the most positive. So they ask me, so how can I become you know, positive? And I said, fair enough. I mean, that's, I understand you don't know, you know, maybe 20 uh, millionaire startup founders, right? That's totally fine. But again, power of the internet, you know, when you go home, of course, you can't abandon your family and you have to deal with them and you're not going to overnight abandon your old school friends because, you know, they're still your friends. But again, the time you do have, make time available one hour a day, two hours a day, read a book of an inspirational leader, listen to a great podcast. And in that way, you kind of feel like you're connecting with them and learning from them, even though you don't personally know them and they don't know you, but you can learn from them and their experience. And that helps you to shape your mindset. And I think that's so powerful. So there's really no excuse that you don't personally know somebody. You can just emulate them by listening to them, reading their books or watching, you know, I'm a big believer of YouTube University. I think there's so much great content out there free um, and, and you can learn a great deal from it. Yeah, that's great. I was going to ask you, like, you know, what, what books or podcasts do you recommend? Because I know there's there's a lot of free material out there. And even the material that you have to pay for, it's not very expensive. Any any resources you'd like to share with the listeners that you recommend? Definitely. I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, there's so many great books out there. One that uh, that really shaped me early on was probably one of the first personal development uh, books I read was the, uh, the Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. It's, uh, it's really uh, very simply written, um, but very beautifully put in a way where he basically um, explains, again, the concept of doing good things over time. You know, it's like exponential growth, like compound interest. Those of you who know what is compound interest, that you, know, you, you do the good thing, it will take a long time where you kind of you plateau, that you don't see a big thing. It's like going to the gym tomorrow and you spend three hours in the gym, nothing will change. Like your life won't change. You won't lose weight on it. You do it one week, nothing will change. One month, maybe small change. You do this, you know, for five years, six years consistently, and you start seeing huge change compared to the person who went tomorrow uh, drinking with his friends 10 beers and had three burgers the day after you look the same but again do this uh, over time you go exercise and eat healthy food that person goes drinking every night and eats bad food 
over time, there will be a huge uh, difference. And that's what sometimes people underestimate, the power of time and doing consistently good things over time will yield great results. So I, I really love that book, beautifully written. If you're a CEO or a waiter, you, you can both understand it. And it really hit home with me. I love that, Kai, because so so often young people feel sort of invincible you know that you can you can do all sorts of things and and, and handle sure. it because you're young and yep. the truth is that over time yes maybe it's true you're resilient but it's about habit building and it's very difficult to get out of those habits in your 40s if you've been doing them for 10 years right 100 definitely yeah everybody wants to now go viral and be the next hit but even if you want to be a youtuber i mean i encourage people to do a YouTube channel. I think that's fantastic. You can share your message to the world. But guess what? It doesn't come with one, two videos. You have to put out hundreds of videos and then over time, your, your, your odds of being found and, and being visible increased. And the same is true with so many things. So again, you really have to take a longer look on, on, on timing. Yeah, and, and I can bring that back again to, to energy and what we're fueled by, because if you're connected to a sense of purpose and providing value to other people, you have the stamina and the energy to stay the course to do it over and over again, because you're not doing it to get immediate results, but actually yes. to provide value out there. And for me, it's if you provide value to two people or 2000 people, you're providing value. Sure, exactly. The, the delayed gratification, I think it's a, it's a beautiful concept that, you know, you do something good and you know eventually it will come back to you, but you don't expect results right now. You know, just because you've done one good deed, that will come back to you. But uh, again, you've done something consistently over time and you know eventually there will be good times for you because, you know, people see you doing well and, 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 and performing and over time you will get rewarded for it. But don't just do it with the reward in mind that you start something. Uh, rather let it be an added, added benefit of, of your actions. Right, and there's a, a, something to be said about the confidence of when you do something good, there is a ripple effect, right? You know, we started there talking about the ripple effect of the leader, but anything you do that's positive in life does have a ripple effect and you may not see it, but it's out there. It's out there energetically. You've set it into motion. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So I think we're, we can start wrapping it up. And, you know, another thing I want to say I, that I remember, and I told you I couldn't remember if it was from the first module of leadership that we did or the second one, but that you are an amazing dancer. So I wanted to ask, because, you know, I dance in all my courses and people believe that with Zoom and online courses, we can't have fun anymore, but we can. Would you be willing to, to dance with me for a moment to close this uh, this podcast um let's do it i i've gotten a bit rusty since the lockdown all the bars and uh, clubs have been closed so i'm a bit rusty but let's go for it let's go for it and yeah and before we go there because that's the last bit any last kind of wrapping up uh if, you know like one line piece of advice for leaders out there in these times for keeping yeah. their lives but yeah up. yeah i would say definitely don't overindulge in, 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 in negative news and, and uh, overread the cases and so on. I think uh, really it doesn't help you. So stop reading too much news. Uh, instead, you know, read um, inspiring things like listen to great podcasts like yourselves, uh, read great books, you know, really, you know, see what is possible and what you can control. And lastly, look after yourself look after your health uh, your your energy your mental health um, whatever it is whatever it takes for you it can be watching a comedy movie it can be listening to great music it can be dancing can be eating your favorite food but put yourself in a, in a positive energetic state and i think with those three things together you know any 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 crisis will pass eventually and will come right out uh, right down the other side 
That's great. Thank you so much, Kai. And I would add that you also choose the people you you surround yourself with because you will have moments where you 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 get down and and it's not always your responsibility to to keep the vibe positive. Sometimes you might some, need somebody to help lift you up and yeah, you surround yourself with the right people and you have that. Definitely. And I also must say a big thanks to you, Michelle. I mean, we had the various trainings with you and they've been always Definitely impactful and a lot of uh, actionable advice and and, 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 and and lessons I learned and still used to this very day. Um, so really uh, appreciate you for what you do, uh, spreading the good vibes. I, I'm happy to see you now much more on social media, which is great. The world needs to hear a voice and your, your message. So thanks for, for all you've done also. Yes, thank you. Okay, I'm gonna put our song on it. We can dance a little bit. Let's and do it. I'll Let's lower do it. the volume and we can say goodbye. I'm so happy you're willing to dance with me because this is just, talk about good vibes. <laughs> this is a way to bring good vibes. I guess you're playing some Latin songs. Let's see if you like this song. What do you think? Oh, so good. Thank you. Feeling wow. energized. <laughs> Amazing. God, wouldn't it be great to start every work day like that? <laughs> Definitely. I'll do that tomorrow morning with my guys before the morning briefing. There is nothing like music to change the vibe. For sure. Look how already we're feeling smiling, energized. I mean, it, it always works. It always works. So much fun. Thank you so much. It is so lovely to see you. I have to say that you have been my star participant in my leadership programs. Oh, that's very nice. Thank you. That's why I came to you. You lead by example and you are an inspiration. Look, I'm out of breath. I'm out there and run more. Anyway, thank you so much. My pleasure, Michelle. Thanks for everything you do. Keep up the great work and uh, yeah, love your journey and all the best for it. Yeah, we'll stay in touch over social media. We'll do for sure. We'll do for sure. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Wow, Kai Shikowski, thank you so much for being my guest, for all those words of wisdom and useful tips for everyone and your awesome dance moves. I think dancing is right up there with therapy. Everybody, everybody should be doing it. <laughs> so try putting some of those ideas of Kai's into practice, maybe even some of those dance moves. One of the things that I really appreciated in our conversation was the importance that Kai gives to kindness and compassion. Those are two super high vibrational emotions. And we often forget it's really the little things in the day-to-day -day that keep the vibration up. Smiling, opening the door for someone, remembering someone's birthday, truly listening to someone or having a meaningful conversation, maybe writing a little thank you note. In my leadership program, I work often with John Gottman's magic ratio. You know, you pay attention to what lights a person up. What are they really important? What do they really value? For years, I've been using the American psychologist, John Gottman's magic ratio in my trainings, helping people to understand how you can pay attention to what someone really values, what lights them up and what does the opposite, and then kind of tailor your leadership or managing approach to that person and consciously, proactively influence their, their magic ratio. If you want to know more about that, you can Google the John Gottman Institute and, and read about the magic ratio. But basically, it's a three to one at the workplace, five to one ratio in terms of negative to positive interactions 
that he's proven to make all the difference in terms of healthy, long-lasting relationships. That is what this podcast is all about, inspiring you to be the change and then change the game. And really, one leads to the other. I always love hearing about what you think. Feel free to contact me with any feedback or ideas for future guests. Look out for the next conversation with Heart and Humor on Leadership Game Changers. Thanks again for listening.